Hello, prototypes. Thanks for tuning in and joining me today on the Stem Sync Podcast. Well, this intro sounds a bit different because I'm excited to tell you about a great event. Now that you've had the opportunity to get to know the remarkable women of Black women in science and, and engineering, Miss Erica and Miss Augusta, I wanted to let you know of a future BY's engagement. First, let me ask, are you ready to be seen? Then join other career-minded women at the Black Women in Science and Engineering Virtual Career and Networking event on Wednesday, May 25th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. The event is free, providing attendees with a chance to develop new career strategies, network with fellow STEM professionals, and interact with companies seeking to hire new talent. The event is 100% online, allowing you to connect directly from the comfort of your home or office via smartphone, computer, or tablet. I attended a BY's virtual career and networking event just last year because I was drawn to the speaker lineup. Let me tell you that Erica chooses only the best to encourage and motivate those who may need a personal and professional boost. To get the full experience, I dipped my toe in the career fair to chat with reps from a few companies and make connections with other attendees throughout the event via chat. Registration is easy. Just visit tinyurl.com forward slash BY's May Career Fair. That's tinyurl.com forward slash B-W-I-S-E May Career Fair. For ease, I placed the link in today's episode information. Speaking of today's episode, prototypes, you are in for a treat as you get to hear a lively conversation that I had with a dear friend of mine, Sophia. I want to emphasize that the opinions of Mrs. Sophia Goodner Rodriguez are based on her personal accounts and do not reflect those of her current and previous employers. She graciously agreed to be a part of the podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Matter of fact, I know you will enjoy. Now let's sync. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the STEM Sing Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal McLean, and I am so excited right now to have a good girlfriend of mine on this wonderful podcast, Mrs. Sophia Goodner Rodriguez. Okay. <laughs> with you as you can see you this... the R. I feel like I should I come know. on come on but anyway <sighs> this is my good girlfriend and as you can already tell uh we have fun and we like to talk to one another so this wonderful I would say episode is going to be probably a little less formal which is good and uh however we are still going to get straight to the point and real and candid about everything Sophia, would you tell the people a little bit about yourselves? We're going to walk through your journey, but tell the people about yourself. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, first off, uh, Crystal, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to, uh, to be here and, and talk with your followers. Um, my name, again, Sophia Rodriguez, uh, as uh, Crystal <laughs> mentioned. Um, I am in commercial consulting. Met Crystal back when I was in uh, defense consulting at um, Joint Base Andrews Naval Air Station, Washington, there in the Beautiful DMV area. Right. Um, my background, uh, environmental policy, environmental remediation, uh, currently doing some geospatial analytics work, selling software and hardware to commercial clients, have done some work overseas uh, with the great civil engineering squadron um, and Air Force uh, out in Gunsan, Korea. Kind of kind of a, a mixed bag, mm. uh, but really looking forward to talking about some of those specifics with you. 
Thanks, Sophia. My good. You know what? It's actually listening to your, you know, rundown just made me think. I forgot about that fast about the overseas stuff, which is crazy yeah. to me because that was like a major move for you when you were working for booze, which is so, yeah. that whole bit. Okay. So we're definitely going to get into it. Sophia, environmental policy from which university? From the University of Tulsa, Rain Cane, Golden Hurricanes in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I think they call us like the Harvard of the Midwest. Oh, or, or maybe only I call it that. I'm okay. not sure. But, okay. Um, that, that major was new. Our school did not mm. have an environmental concentration. We did a lot of economics. So the economics chair got it accredited, and we were the first graduating class it, for that major at the mm. university. So I really feel like I have an econ degree, but mm. the paperwork says environmental policy. Okay. And that's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> environmental <laughs> policy. What made you interested even in that major? Gosh, it has to be my dad, Dr. Dad, Dr. Uh, Anthony Michael Rodriguez, uh, who is a, a administrator at Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas. Mm. Seeing him work inside the GIS department, inside um, the Environmental uh, Justice Center of Excellence, which is there in Houston, mm. really had me fired up. It was so interesting. You could use mapping and talking with people, doing interviews, focus groups. I, I was seeing it on TV, oil spills. It seemed like everything tied back to an environment somehow. My dad also is a developer and does some construction both uh, here and in the Caribbean. And he's like, oh, we have to have an impact statement before we can get started or we have okay. to go to the environmental ministry before we can get the permit. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed like it, there was a lot of cross section there. Mm -hmm. So I heard environmental. I'm like, well, great. You know, and I did, I was in geology. And I didn't love the rocks. So mm. it was a nice transition <laughs> over to that. No, nah, I didn't love the rocks. Understood. I think it's fabulous that you had an example already set for you that led the way in your father in terms of just getting into the environmental world because I accidentally got into environmental. That was not my thing. And <laughs> I'm grateful I did because I got to meet people like you. And right, so right. With, within your program, were you one of many or was it about a very diverse program? Tell me about that, that experience. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I have to just reiterate, it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so uh, it was not diverse at all. I um, was blessed to receive a, a, a athletic scholarship to run track at the University of Tulsa. And of the entire university, I remember even looking this up in like the college books, the big ones you get at Barnes and Nobles, sure. it, it was 6% African-American. Um, in Keplinger, which was the engineering college and where my degree was, it was 2% African-American. So I, I know it, in my class, our first class for environmental policy, I was the only um, African-American and there were three women of the 12 of us that got the degree. Oh, so wow. I don't know what three over 12 is. I don't okay. know, one fourth or something. Fourth, so 25% yes. women mm -hmm. and, you know, the only person of color, man or woman. So it was certainly different, but something I was used to, I went to um, a, a Christian private school as a youth before going to a public school. I mean, we grew up kind of in a, I'd say, middle upper middle class, a very white neighborhood. Now it's very Hispanic. Actually, my parents still live in the area in Houston, Texas, passing in a pair land. So that's something I wasn't not used to mm -hmm. um, and really set me up for what I then experienced in consulting, because also being mm -hmm. uh, the one, the only unless I was meeting folks like you who were also the one and only, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was just, you know, I already experienced it in college. You know what? You're talking my language. 
When people ask me why I chose the University of Maryland, I say to them it wasn't because it was, a only, it was an in-state school. I only applied to three colleges, Georgia Tech, Virginia hmm. Tech, and the University of Maryland. And I absolutely wanted to go to Virginia Tech. When that FAFSA package came back, it was like, okay, well, University of Maryland it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that said, I thought to myself, my line of reasoning for only applying to those three schools mainly you know engineering based schools at the time i did not apply to any hbcus and oftentimes mm. i wonder would i have done different and i probably would have at the time i thought to myself you know what you're going into a white male dominated field you are already going to have to deal with being the one of many similar yep. to you i went to public schools though but Montgomery County Public Schools in Maryland and where I went and where we live, definitely uh, one of many, one of three black in my high school, you know, classes, advanced classes, et cetera, et cetera. And so I chose my university already knowing kind of, hey, I'm going to go ahead and get used to this because I already know what it's going to be like when I get out. And like you, it's helped me tremendously especially working within DOD, right? Sure. That's very interesting that we share that experience because it sounds so like hard to explain that to somebody else, but you get it, you get it. And you definitely understand. Right. But even if you think about that, going back to you actively deciding not to apply to an HBCU, I mean, if we could sit there, because mm -hmm. now in 2022, right. I'm like, gosh, I want, I want my PhD. I have to get it from Bowie State. Mm -hmm. I have to go to University of Maryland Eastern Shore. I have mm -hmm. to go to TSU where my dad went because now, like, I want I want to be around us. I mean, we we are great. We right. are magic. Absolutely. But at the same time, I did I did not apply. Well, I went to University of Tulsa because it was free. My mom was like, "How much is this scholarship package?" <laughs> <laughs> we rain came right, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I wanted to go to LSU. Mm. I wanted to go warm weather, great sports. I mm -hmm. mean, I just was so interested to be around Olympians just to watch them, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I made absolutely no applications to any HBCUs, even though my parents are both HBCU graduates. Oh, wow. Me and my sister, actually. We talked about this now being, you know, older with families. Like, man, did we miss out? Yeah. Because now, as a lot of our cousins, aunts, uncles, we're talking about our, our college experiences, our folks are going back for higher ed degrees. It's like, you know, man, I'm going to Jackson State, going to TSU. I'm mm -hmm. in Prairie View for my, for my you know, farm, pharmacy, tech, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I, maybe I missed out mm -hmm. because sometimes I don't feel fully connected. Right. Or to your point, yeah, I'm, I'm really ready for uh, to be a, a black person in a primarily white space. Mm -hmm. But would I have more confidence or would I be able to reach out and ask for help more easily mm. had I been around us longer, right? Very and true. I've been comfortable with myself. That's true. Very interesting. Very interesting. And, you know, like you said, shout out to those who are finding themselves and realizing that HBCUs have a lot of worth, even in their undergraduate degree and grad degree. And yes. so I do hope that you consider and truly think about pursuing your PhD, even though you are always trying to do the absolute most when it comes to education <laughs> and also career. Okay, so you found yourself graduated and did you immediately get a job or what was your transition transition like into the career fields yeah no i did i mean i guess a few months after i graduated i did get an offer from booz allen mm -hmm. i was I, I finished school and i was working for my dad 
Um, he actually countered Booz Allen's offer. So I actually got a little bit more money because, you know, wow. my dad's awesome. Come on, boss. Um, so, <laughs> right? Come on, CEO. Yeah, you need to counter this offer, even though we know I'm going to Booz Allen because you can't stand me. <laughs> um, so that was the first job out of school when I stayed there for over 12 years, mm-hmm. uh, 13 years, I think. Right. And, um, yeah, and then kind of moved on to, to commercial consulting. But didn't know environmental policy was going to lead me in the direction to consulting. I to this day, I have a hard time explaining what I do, but even getting to Booz Allen, like what is consulting? I mean, it's every, every day is different. Every day. Every day is different. And that's why I wanted to definitely have you on here because you live in a world that I am totally anti. (laughs) And you know what, let me not even say totally anti. I had my, you know, experience in the consulting world and obviously, you know, getting fired from my first job. I was just like, never again. Billability, not me percent <laughs> overhead no thank you you know oh god um and obviously i can go and work in private industry and working for an actual company and not necessarily doing consulting work can you try to explain to our listeners especially those who are coming out of college because i think most engineers tend to go towards either industry or consulting world so what was hmm. it like i mean booth allen hamilton is a huge contender when it comes to just if i'm just thinking dod contracts however i know there are other various sure. areas what is that like working at booze and you know what is consulting exactly if you if you can explain it right i'll do my best i i think it's easiest with the story um when i was hired at booze allen uh october 11 2009 it was my first day during the interview process leading up to that they said sophia we need someone to go to um gosh John Wayne Airport, somewhere in Oklahoma, Tinker, mm-hmm. Tinker Air Force Base, to do data entry in a environmental system, ERPM. Like, okay, well, I have an environmental policy degree, and mm-hmm. I can type, so this should be fine. <laughs> That's what I'm interviewing for. I'm interviewing to type things into environmental database. Day one at work, go take the picture for my badge. Hey, Sophia, just so you're aware, we did not win that work, so oh. you don't have a job. That was my, I was handed my badge and they said, you don't have a job. And I'm like, okay. And I I literally thought, oh no. So if there's nothing environmental for me to do, am I getting fired? Because now to your point about overhead, Mm -hmm. I have zero billability. Mm -hmm. So we hire you to bill to the government. The government might charge us $10. We tell them the rate is $20, Sure. but you have to be billable. If you're just sitting there, we're paying you for these $20 and you're twiddling your thumbs. So day two, I'm literally just taking people to, to, to coffee. <laughs> hey, my name's Sophia. I do environmental. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need any help with anything, I do about 10 coffees, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm new. Yes, I got the counter, have some money, but not a lot of money. And these coffee dates are getting expensive, right? Right, right. And so I was like, you know what, Sophia? I'm doing environmental liabilities work, and we need to put together some binders. We're going to send some trainings out to all the Air Force bases and mail them some um, some computers, racer training. Okay. Like, okay, I could do that. So now I have my four-year expenses degree from the University of Tulsa, D1 athlete, literally stapling, making copies, <laughs> punching holes, making binders, and walking it down to FedEx. Uh-huh. Right? And you know what? I'm walking fast. Hello? Mm-hmm. I'm figuring out ways I can uh, hole punch three pages at once, trying to find some efficiencies. Sophia, we only have 10 hours for you to do this. I'm getting it done at seven. What can I do with the three to amplify for you? And what do I think of, Crystal, when I'm looking at these binders? Mm. There's no visuals. So mm. I get on 
Remember Bing? Remember Bing Maps? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on Bing, typing in Air Force bases, screenshotting to put it ah. on the cover. Like, well, this could, you know, this could be a, a personal touch for the client. Sure. Again, just trying to be a, a people servant mm. and thinking about how I can maximize my time and think about this person keep giving me hours. Because mm-hmm. again, we're on a clock. I, I have to charge 40 hours a week to something. Right. So you want to continue to add value. Again, my environmental policy degree didn't say nothing about add value to your coworkers and clients. Oh. But that became what I understood to be consulting. And even to this day, mm-hmm. now we're almost 20 years into it. Every day, I, I love on my customers. I love on my peers. Mm-hmm. And I try to do whatever it is that's going to make their life easier. That's mm. consulting. Wow. And it started with someone saying, yeah, girl, you don't have a job. That's what it started with. That's crazy. It was an awakening. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like your own personal drive is what naturally allowed you to become such so successful within your ranks within booths, right? I think understanding also, how does that work within the consulting firm? Because you're starting an entry level and then what was the, because you were able to attain what level? At Booz. At Booz, at Booz Allen, gosh, I mean, you can, take, you can take that, take it if you need to. I left as a lead associate, but my senior associate package was in. But I left before it could be awarded to me, and therefore it was pulled. <laughs> so I left as a level four, is what mm-hmm. they would call it, for Booz Allen, which um, just in general for other consulting firms, I would be like a senior manager. Okay. where I left. Okay. So wait a minute. So your package was in? And you just still decided to leave. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Man, I just got goosebumps when you repeated it back to me. Yes, uh, my package was uh, in place uh, for, you know, I was going to be up in the ranks where we're getting the quarterly bonuses, you know, that, you know, I'm getting the company's cell phone, you know, it's, I mean, that's what you really are, are shooting for. My, my utilization target would almost be cut in half. So now I have more time to be strategic, to hire to, mm-hmm. to love on my people and grow and grow the business. Mm-hmm. Before that, you know, you're, you're, you're working, you're executing with clients and you're selling, right. which means that's not a 40 hour week. That's a 60 hour week with weekends. That's right? Nice. right. But when you get to that next level, I mean, they're paying you the big bucks to think about how we can do this smarter and hire more Sophia's. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was on the table, but you know, um, the Lord had other plans, that's honestly. Right. And where I am now in commercial consulting, I'm still getting to do those same things utilization is low. Look, the pockets are fat. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm allowed some autonomy and I'm in a space where they really do really care and want to see that diversity. Sophia, how can we make sure, how can we ensure our team looks like where we work? I work in Bayard County, San Antonio, Texas, 65% Hispanic American, mm-hmm. most of which are first language Spanish speakers. So that's who we should be hiring. Those are our clients. Those are the people that are here local. Mm-hmm. And that was so exciting to know you can be on the ground floor and you can make sure that we that we do that. So even with that package in, I was not going to get that type of freedom even with the promotion. So, yeah, I had to go. That's honest. That is so yeah. real. Because I remember meeting one, um, you know, I'm working for the military and I met a lieutenant colonel. I will never forget her because she had already submitted her package and was selected as a colonel, 06. Hmm. And she retired before she even pinned. And I remember asking her, why would you leave? And she said, it's just, you know when it's time to go. 
you know, yeah. you know, when it's time to go, it doesn't necessarily make it wrong for the next person who may be coming up. It just means that you had different views and goals that you wanted to meet. And another company was allowing you to look into that and also expand upon that. So just a quick question about moving up the ranks. And like you said, now you're starting to get in with the big wigs, you know, the people, you have the names, you're starting to act, you know, mm -hmm. maybe make influence. Were there any moments of uncertainty that you had? And what did you do in order to kind of combat that? Yes, uh, I, I will say in working in military contracting, I always felt like, man, I'm not in the military. I'm never going to be able to understand my clients. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to understand the mission. But, I mean, honestly, the mission was always about people first. The military is people first, about That's families, right. about safety, about security. So when I could kind of relax into the fact that although I'm not wearing a uniform, mm -hmm. I can still uh, be thoughtful, be compassionate, uh, listen actively to the client, it'll be okay. And they're going to see that, man. Sophia, you know, she, she didn't graduate from West Point, but she gets it. Mm. She's sitting here with me, taking the time to understand what, what we got to do, mm -hmm. and she's helping us get there. So those were moments of uncertainty, but again, I just trusted in, I mean, honestly, being nice, trying to be friendly, being being honest and genuine with clients. And that, that kind of got me through there. I'll say now in commercial consulting, uh, as of 1 April, I was uh, named the global account leader for Dell at Slalom, which is a big, a big deal. And I don't, I don't do hardware. I don't do software. I'm not pushing things to the cloud. So this has been <laughs> a month of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. But at that same time, hey, Sophia, get a book. Or mm -hmm. Sophia, book some time on, some, on, a, on a cloud practitioner's calendar and say, hey, I'm going to ask some dumb questions right now. Do you mm -hmm. mind? Mm -hmm. Sophia, nothing's dumb. You know, first off, having a chance to meet you, this is so great and also get to learn something. So um, getting out of that hubris and that ego that people sometimes have, mm. and just saying, hey, I don't know what I don't know, and I need some help. That's mm. just been incredible, helpful, as I do feel uncertainty um, in, in these recent weeks at the new job. That's really good. So two stories there. That's really good. That's really good. People learn through stories. So I appreciate you being candid about exactly what you've been doing, what you're currently going through. Getting out of your own way in terms of your ego, is that something that you learned while you were young or is it something that you had to learn while you were in college and going through your career? Gosh, it would have to be in my career. I think my ego got me in more trouble in college than it did any good. <laughs> mm. uh, and and that, that can be for our part three series. You know, okay. We really go there. Okay. Uh, but I, I think the ego uh, definitely was checked in my professional career. Because someone is always smarter, someone's been there longer, someone's gone to a better school. I mean, they, they know where the bodies are buried. So for me to try to think I know so much, you, you'll always get tripped up on yourself. So yeah, I had to learn that the hard way sometimes, but now I'm just very thoughtful about it. I'm entering a room. I haven't been here before. Mm -hmm. Listen, step back. You're, you know, your britches are not that big. Mm -hmm. Nobody that you're a senior principal. Like, no, just, just listen. So I, but I had to learn that, I mean, the hard way, really. So you had to learn that the hard way. So what would be, I guess, some advice that you would give to somebody who needs their ego checked in this season in which they may be dealing with some sort of kind of sticking point within their career? What would you tell them? Um, well, I would tell them that you are going to catapult and elevate when you decide to get out of your own way. If you are leading with ego, you, you're not going to get through some doors. Your head's too big. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
the door you're supposed to be walking through literally will not be available to you because you think you know so much. Mm -hmm. So if you can put yourself in life perspective, this is so big. I work at one company of thousands that do the same amount of work. Mm -hmm. So there's just, you have to be strategic. You have to be thoughtful. You have to go forward together. You can't do things by yourself. And that's what ego makes you think. I got it. I'm going to do it by my, I'm not going to call for help. Mm -hmm. No, you, you literally will only go so far. So, so I'd say, you know, perspective is great when you're mm -hmm. dealing with ego. And if you want to go far, you're just going to have to, you know, get out of your way. That's really good. Let's talk more about your commercial consulting and your new position. Congratulations, sis. Sure. You are you. amazing. <laughs> Every time I see an update on LinkedIn or even, you know, you and I were just having a conversation about your decision and going through the process of applying outside of booze and deciding to make that leap right into another company. What was that like? Tell me more about exactly what commercial consulting is. Just tell me more about your company. Cause you said essentially like, you know that this company is meant for expanding on diversity and inclusion. Talk more about all of that. Yeah. Well, I think what made me know it was time for a commercial. Uh, Hold on sis, I'm losing you. Okay, prototypes, I promise you that was not on purpose for a cliffhanger. This is the reality of recording podcasts. Sometimes the connection fails and you have to take one for the team. Don't worry. Sophia and I were able to reconnect another day to continue our conversation for part two. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you feel equipped and encouraged to stay the course along your STEM journey. I encourage you to become a part of the conversation to help cultivate a network of support. Feel free to submit questions and topics with an email to podcast at stemsync.net or messaging StemSync via your preferred social media platform. Be sure to share with your network and rate the podcast. Thanks for the link up and sync up prototypes. Until next time.